You should see our excitement when we realize there's a new podcast reveal. We both do little happy dances. Shout out to Jasmine Hermani for her review. She said, I am loving this podcast. Hannah and Morgan are so relatable and have so many amazing tips that they share on this podcast. As a new business owner, it can feel overwhelming to do all the things. Having a podcast that helps break it down has been super helpful. Highly recommend. Thanks so much, Jasmine. If you're also loving the podcast, be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians, to building a cohesive brand, to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight-inclusive business. The good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we are on a mission to bring business education to other weight-inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode. Happy Monday, Weight Inclusive Innovators. We are recording back-to-back episodes in Mexico City, side-by-side in person, and loving it. Loving it. I am so bummed that we're going to have to go back to doing this digitally. It's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. Today, we are going to be chatting about trialing the digital nomad lifestyle, which we are getting a glimpse of here in Mexico City, which has been so fun. Both of us have dreams of being able to work from wherever there's Wi-Fi. It does look a little different for both of us and kind of what we have envisioned. So if you're curious about what it's like to spend some time in different places while still being able to work, this episode is for you. But before we dive into today's episode, let's check in with Morgan. Morgan, if you could spend one month anywhere in the world to be a digital nomad, can't be somewhere you've already been, where would it be? Where would it be? Well, you know, my answer would be Mexico City if it was somewhere that I've already been. (laughs) Yes. That's probably going to be a yearly at least trip for you, huh? It has been the last few years. Yeah. I was here twice last year. Maybe I'll come back again in the end of the year. But if I had to pick somewhere that I've never been before, that I think it would be fun to like explore for a month and also work, probably Edinburgh, Scotland. (gasps) I've been there. (gasps) Have you really? Yes. When'd you go? Uh, It was 2018. I went to London and then I visited my family and then I went to Edinburgh and there was a festival going on called fringe, which is like their big yearly festival, uh, where they have like a ton of art stuff, performers, food trucks. It is massive. It was awesome. Oh my God. That's so cool. My mom has been doing a lot of like ancestry stuff. Uh, and we have, she like found the place that my grandpa was born in Scotland. Cause my dad's dad was born in Scotland before he moved over to the States. And Ever since hearing that, I have been trying to convince my dad to take us on a family trip to Scotland. So maybe if I am like, hey, I'm going to go over there for a month, you should join me for the end of it. We'd be able to go do some like ancestry stuff while we're there. That would be cool. Side note, ancestry stuff freaks me out. This is my six wing of like just giving somebody my DNA. I, Wait, so none of it's been DNA. Oh. It's all based on like records that we have in the family. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Okay. My six yeah. is calm. I'm just like, 
the uh, 23andMe mm-hmm. stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want people to have all my, yeah. all my information. That's, it's a little freaky. I also want to point out that I recognize that coming from European ancestry, where I have access to all of that information is very much a privilege. I know people uh, from different countries that might not have access to that. Like that can definitely be a pain point. Um, and it's not one that I take for granted, like being able to trace back my ancestors to the 1700s. Um, I'm very thankful for, but I also recognize that a, lo- a lot of the times just based on kind of the fucked up stuff that's happened in history, like that's not always possible for others. You just blew my mind with that. I don't, that didn't even cross my mind, which again is a privilege. And so thank you for naming that. Yeah. I'm going to think about that more because dang, that is fucked up. It is. It is. There's just like lack of records out there. And, and I am so thankful for technology, like the DNA testing 23 and me, things like that, because that's probably allowing for some people to connect with ancestors. They didn't know existed because it does connect everyone even though like a paper trail isn't necessarily available for them. That's a really good point. I like that reframe. Yeah. What about you? Where would you go? Ooh, where would I go for a month? That you haven't been to. Oh, fuck. Okay. I know it's, it's a really tough caveat. Okay. Because I'm a new little baby digital nomad, I think I would need to go to a country where a lot of folks speak English Mm -hmm. just so that I survive if I was by myself. (laughs) So with that, I think I would go, oh my gosh, I hate that you said somewhere that I haven't been. Uh, I think I would continue to cross off all the areas in the UK. So I've been to England and Scotland. Mm-hmm. So I'd either go to Ireland, Wales. I think those are the only two. Yeah. Yeah. Other options if you're open to them. Tell me them. So I feel like a lot of people go down to Costa Rica. That's a good thing. And a lot of people go to Bali. Ooh. They also go to Australia. Okay. You can see how, <laughs> you can see how like narrow my vision is towards like the possibilities with, with travel and digital nomads. So I like those better because I feel like, and I can say this because I'm from there, like Wales, England, Ireland, Scotland, all very similar vibes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I like that. Costa Rica, here I come. And you can practice your Spanish. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Costa Rica then. Okay. It's a great place. <laughs> it's a great place. Cool. cool. Uh, so I've heard, I'd say that I haven't been there. It seems like a great place for digital nomads. That's what I'm trying to say. I awesome. feel like I see people on Instagram all the time. In Costa Rica? In Costa Rica. Yeah. Working from like coffee shops and hostels and co-working mm-hmm. spaces. and Yeah. Cause I mean, it's not too far from the U.S. too. Like it's right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Ready to dive into today's episode? Let's do it. So if you aren't familiar with the phrase digital nomad, basically what this means is that you are in a position where you're either running your own business or working for a company where you can be location independent and you can essentially work from anywhere that there's Wi-Fi. may or may not include a flexible schedule. I know, especially during the pandemic, I feel like this has been on the rise of like virtual work of being able to kind of work from wherever. So you may still have like a nine to five But you might be able to be location independent where, you know, if you come down to Mexico City or someplace that's like in a similar time zone to your company, you could probably still get away with it. Traveling halfway across the world if you're working for a company probably won't be as easy. 
but you can also work for yourself. And then as long as you're not having to do a ton of like one-on-one client calls, you could probably get away with working from wherever. It's true. And I think there's some nuance there for folks and we can get into this as well of barriers specifically in our field and how to overcome them. But, um, with one-on-one client work, if you're doing more like nutrition coaching or intuitive eating coaching or groups like that, I think you could do that from anywhere. Cause there's not licensure laws. There's not insurance things to deal with. There's not, yeah, it's not MNT. So it just gets more tricky whenever you're doing MNT work contracted with insurance. Yep. Yep. It sure does. So if that's your, if that's your bread and butter, if that's your passion, I'm so sorry, digital nomad life full digital nomad life may not be the best solution or best uh, exploration for you. Which is also okay because then you can, you know, maintain travel for not working and explore the world in that way. Also want to hold space since we were speaking about privileges earlier, being a digital nomad is a privilege in a way. Like it probably means you have financial means and that you don't have a family or other dependents that, you have to provide for or like be stable for. Although I will say there's people who travel around and have kiddos with them. So we're going to challenge that. If you do have an interest in being a digital nomad and you have a family, you can still rock this out. Anything else I'm missing around privilege, maybe safety, like as um, white folks, we probably in some countries feel more sense sense of safety existing there. I'm sure there's more we're missing. So please let us know. But we know it is an immense privilege to even consider yeah. digital nomadism. But also if you're listening to this episode, it's probably piqued your interest. So yes. <laughs> yes. dive into it. Okay. My question for you, because I remember the, my answer to this so specifically, where did you first become aware that like being a digital nomad was even possible? That's a good question for me. I didn't even know it was a term until you told me about it. So ah, that's, I know okay. that's like within the last year, I think, but I'd always wanted to eventually live abroad. And maybe that didn't even have to mean being a digital nomad. Maybe that was like, I'd move to London for a bit and work from there, work at a place in London. Mm. So I don't know if the term did cross my mind. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Even though you like had a vision kind of of what your version of that could look like. I feel like that happens to me a lot though, of like, there's terms for things and I don't even know there's a term, but I am envisioning it and I want it. So I think that's the same with digital nomadism. Sounds like it. What about you? The first time that I became aware of the term digital nomad, which if you listen to my business story, you know, this was a pretty huge part of my story is the bucketless bombshell community. Every time I say that name, I like cringe a little bit. I I hate the word bombshell. I don't know why, but basically it was two gals who quit their nine to five jobs, were built a business on the side here in Mexico. They actually met in Mexico and they have since built this whole online education curriculum on how to be a digital nomad and learning about that honestly changed the trajectory for me because at that point, I was already interested in the business side of things and and kind of knew that, but didn't really know what that meant. And so I was like, oh, there's no way I'm, I would be able to be a digital nomad and live abroad if I was seeing clients. And so it just kind of solidified the fact that like my end goal was to work for myself and be able to work from anywhere there's Wi-Fi. There was just such a sense of freedom. 
And I actually got to experience this a little bit while I was living in Italy. Moved over there. It was the very beginning stages of my branding and web design studio. And most of my days were spent. I had two coffee shops that I rotated between because working from coffee shops in Italy is like not super common. They had one, one of the coffee shops was for sure meant to be like a more like a co-working type vibe. Like there were a bunch of people there like on their laptops um, doing English lessons, like things like that. The other one, I just loved the vibe of it so much and felt so inspired by it. And so I'd go and sit and work and none of the employees seemed to have a problem with it. So I was like, okay, cool. Like I'll just keep coming here. Well, I mean, if they had Wi-Fi, they did. So that kind of encourages it. I would yeah. say. And they had like, they had like quite a few seats. Um, if it started to get busy during a certain time of day and people were like wanting to come in and actually like enjoy their, cause it wasn't really like they had coffee, but it was more like a gelateria. Um, <laughs> and so I would alter, I'd be alternating between like coffee and gelato all day. Yeah. They'd always come up to me like in the middle and they'd, would ask me like in Italian, which I don't remember how to say, like, do you want another one? Like a coffee. So they kept bringing me coffee. So it felt good. Um, actually I'm still like kind of connected with two of the employees there. Um, but I kind of got like this experience for it and it was, it was like bittersweet. I talked about this so much, but like was really lonely in Italy. I learned a lot about kind of what digital nomadism was like. And there's definitely things that I would do differently now, which, which kind of, it shifted kind of what my ideal digital nomad experience would look like. So whenever I first heard about the concept, I was like, yep, let me sell all my belongings. And I'm just going to like pop around to all these different places whenever I please. And I realized that I become a more anxious traveler whenever I don't have a home base somewhere. Mm. And so even when I was in Italy, I had an ap- like one apartment for the whole three months stay. And that definitely helped. But I remember like I did like the backpacking thing in college. And I remember I was like, I would get antsy because it's just like, I literally only have my belongings that I'm jumping around to places. And I was like, I just want a consistent place that I can come home to at the end of the day that I know that that's waiting for me. So I can be more dynamic and adventurous during the day. That's a really profound thought that I didn't even think of, but it's true. Like, because it, otherwise you're preoccupied with like, where am I going to go next? You're constantly worrying. And I think that can be fun for some people, but at the same time I'm with you, like it would take away from the present moment for me as well. Yeah. So I really shifted like what this, like what my ideal digital nomad experience would look like where I would keep my home base in Houston. I love Houston. My family's there. I love the city. And I would be able to go spend like two weeks, four weeks, six weeks in other places around the world. So kind of like slow travel, I guess, where I would be staying in one place for an extended period of time, really getting to know the people, my neighbors, the city, the culture, and and feel a little bit more grounded, but still be in a new place. Yeah. I When I first learned about the term digital nomadism and I was trying to envision what that could look like for me. I was trying to envision what it was in general of just like, I'm like, Oh, is everyone like moving week to week and every single week you're in a different country. And then I thought about how that would be so exhausting. So exhausting. And I love that the, what you're speaking to is like staying somewhere for a longer period of time where you actually get the immersion experience versus I visited this for two weeks and it was great, but everything felt rushed. And I had to check off all the boxes of the touristy things I Mm -hmm. wanted to do when you're immersed for like a month at a time, you get an actual feel for the city. You feel more 
at home, at home, you can, you can make connections with people. Like you can go do like Airbnb experiences or sit solo at a coffee shop and like introduce yourself to people and like actually kind of build this community, which if there's, we all know how much Hannah and I love networking, but if there's one thing about travel, which like as evidenced by this trip, everyone, if, if you embrace the digital nomad life, you will meet so many people along the way. Quick example. So I came to Mexico city last year. One of my friends from college was like, Oh, I have a friend named Kyle who actually lives and works in Mexico city. Now let me connect you with him. Got connected with Kyle and then reached out to him a couple of weeks ago and said, Hey, my friend Hannah are going to be in Mexico city and would love to meet up if you're free. And he invited us on this excursion where we met 10 other people. And now like we're connected with them and we have their contact information. And some of them are living here. Some of them are about to move to the state. Some of them are moving back to Europe. And so now like whenever we go visit those places, like we have more connections and it's just, oh, it's so fucking cool. It is wild how, I don't want to say easy it is to meet people, but especially when you're in a certain lifestyle and you're visiting different places, you're surrounded by people who are also in that situation who are open and curious and want to meet people. And so you bring that energy together mm-hmm. and then it's like a mutually beneficial thing. Cause I'm even thinking about people we met here. Like I would host any of them anytime if they wanted to come to Denver. Come to Denver. Yeah. Same, I mean, same with Houston, but okay. So your ideal version of digital nomad lifestyle, what would that look like for you? Ooh, I still feel like I'm in the early stages, but I think right now in my first year, if I think about what's realistic, I would say maybe two trips a year or just over a week each time. Okay. And that's for a work trip because part of me is still trying to balance, okay, when do I want to work and be in a different place? And when do I want to completely shut off and leave work back in Denver? And just vacation. Yes. So I want to be curious and play with the concept of two weeks because it feels like And it would be two separate weeks. So maybe one, you know, the first half of the year, one later in the year, Mm -hmm. go to different places, see what that feels like and know that I can set a budget for that. So it's not going to cost me way too much money and that I get a taste of it. So maybe a week won't be enough. And I'll be like, okay, next time I'm going to do the two weeks together and make it once a year, or maybe I'll do a month or maybe X, Y, and Z, like see what comes up for me from there. But that feels like a good next step after this trip. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like my, in the next couple of years plan to test out someday. And I've always wanted this. I would like to go to London for a bit mm. and work. What's a bit. What do you envision? Yeah. Um, probably like three months at least. Okay. Yeah. Get a really like good feel for it because I have so much family that, well, literally all my family, except for one aunt and uncle live in England. Mm. And so I would, imagine that I'd be bouncing back and forth between the city and the countryside and go see them. Oh, that's amazing. What, what do you feel like? Cause obviously like you and I are such futuristic people. We're like, let's burn it all down and just go, <laughs> but we can't burn it down. We can't burn it down. We can't burn it down. What do you feel are things that are like stopping you from like jumping into that? Ooh. Yeah. Um, I think that for me, the things that <laughs> the number one thing is my dog Bennett. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, don't I, know. I love him so much. I don't know how I would get him abroad. Although you taught me that there's a cruise you can take yes. to get across the Atlantic ocean mm-hmm. from, it connects New York to, I think Southampton, England. Yes. 
And you can bring your dog. You can bring your dog. You can board your dog and you can take them out for walks on the cruise ship. Yep. It's like a six day trek. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I don't know why I thought um, it'd be a lot longer. Um, found that out through Helene in between, who is a travel blogger and her and her husband went and lived in Germany for a few years and brought their two dogs with them. I think they flew them over there, but didn't want to fly them back. And so they did the cruise to take them back to the States. Yeah. I am not willing to put Bennett in an airplane uh, storage area. Literally that would make me so upset. So I would rather pay out the ass for a cruise, I guess, to start off the no matter. And that's the other thing to consider too. Like it'd have to be a long period of time to make it worth all of those costs and Mm -hmm. to save up for that cost. Yeah. I mean, a six day cruise is already like you're at your week mark of digital nomadism. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's like a, a trek in itself of like, yep, I was a digital nomad on a cruise for a week with my dog. And then you technically 12 days because you have to go back. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe I won't. Or maybe you won't. Maybe you'll just stay. Just kidding. I'll probably come back. (laughs) Um, So yeah, Bennett's the biggest thing that holds me back. Um, Also, I'm very involved in the Denver community as far as like my work and my team and connections out there. So that's one piece that, you know, it plays into why I don't just burn it all down and go. Um, The other thing would be I have a condo and so I own it. And so I have like a a semi-permanent home base with that. Mm. I mean, I could figure that out, you know, right. Rent it out, whatever. But that is another thing that um, holds me back. Family, friends, those kinds of things. Financially, that's another one of like, it can be expensive. I know it can also not be expensive. Like for example, if you come to Mexico city, Mm -hmm. this is a fairly inexpensive place to work and live for short term for people who are used to living in big cities in the U S like we talked about on our last episode, Mexico city has gone up in price for locals, which sucks. Um, but still a really affordable place to work. I think when we talked to Kyle, your friend, we were talking about, you could probably live in Mexico city for like $750 ish a month if you needed to Mm -hmm. keep it tight. Mm -hmm. So that's like pretty dang cheap. Yeah. Um, but I definitely would still want to look at financials, um, to make sure that, you know, still have a savings, make sure I'm prepared if anything happens. And then the last thing is like, I am hesitant to combine travel with work all the time because sometimes travel is the only way I can shut off. And so if I was a digital nomad, it's like, takes away from, I'm going on a trip for the trip because you're working during the trip. And so I wonder about being an Enneagram seven and having rose colored glasses for a lot of things in life. If that is how I'm viewing digital nomad stuff. I, I think about that all the time because like, I also, I also just like, don't remember, I can't think of a vacation in my like adult life, like post-college that I've gone on, like just for funsies. Like there, I feel like there's always been some sort of, even if it's just like, Oh, I'll get really great content for Instagram to, you know, live out my best digital nomad type life. Like there's always, there's always some sort of integration between those. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, will you tell us about your ideal situation with being a digital nomad and what holds you back? Yeah. So, um, like I mentioned, being in Houston, going to spend a month abroad. How many times a year would you do that? Three. Okay. 
I think. Mm-hmm. How long would you go between those? And maybe like once every four months or so. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, not including the evening expedition trips because those would be thrown in there as well. And like, I only have me, myself and I, I want a dog so bad, but I know like, if that's the kind of lifestyle that I want to live, it, like, it wouldn't make sense to get a dog right now. I go back and forth all the time. Um, you can borrow Bennett. <laughs> That's true. I could just come stay in your apartment while you go travel. (laughs) All right. Solution. Done. 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 But I mean, truthfully, like, because of that, I don't like there's, I don't see clients like what, like I'm not restricted by licensure with RD. I'm not, I don't take insurance. Like I don't have any of those limitations. Everything that I do for work is already digital. Like it's all online. So like, I am already at a place where like, I could take the leap into, into making that happen. Finances are holding me back right now, just because jump into entrepreneurship, wasn't paying myself enough money, dipped into my savings a little bit. So I want to feel more stable with that because I have such an intense attachment to my studio apartment that I refuse to give it up. Like, cause I was like, Oh, if I become a full-time digital nomad and I was like, ha, I'm not doing that. I'm not leaving my apartment. Like I love it so much. I have talked to my landlords, which you've heard me say many times. I freaking love them. And was and, and kind of pitched the idea. I was like, you don't have to give me an answer now, but like if I wanted to go spend a few weeks abroad, like would you be open to me renting out my studio? And I told them, I said, in an, in an ideal world, I would just reach out to dietetic internship directors. Because so many internships in Texas are a little bit more removed from big cities, yet they still have rotations in Houston. And so there's people that have to come through for two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks at a time to rotate in Houston, even though they live in Temple, Texas, which is like in the middle of unfuck nowhere in Texas. And so I could just run it out to them. That's perfect. I have another idea for you. Yeah, tell me. Travel nurses. Oh yeah. Could totally do that too. Yeah. Cause yeah. they come for like three month contracts. Yeah. Cause I like definitely wouldn't want to do, I mean, there's a few factors in that, right? Like I, I wouldn't want to run it out to like some rando on like Craigslist because I, my friend Danielle lives above me. We share an outdoor space. There's access to my landlord's house. They have a teenage kiddo. And so like, I'm, I, I want to be very mindful of like those things as well. And so I was and there's always been dietitians living in our, like the studio in the one bedroom above me. And so my landlords know like what we're like, because they've seen so many of dietitians. And so I was like, if I could just tell them, it's like, oh, they're just like a little bit younger version of us. I feel like that'd be an easy sell. I think that's really smart actually, because since you'll already have your furniture and things there, mm-hmm. a lot of people who go out of state for an internship or going somewhere for a short period of time, they're not going to bring their whole life with them. So it's already set up. Like they have everything they need. It's already set up. I could literally just take all the clothes out of my closet and drop it off at my parents' house because they live 35 minutes away from me. Like, so anything that I like didn't want to be there or like wanted to clear space for whatever, like just go drop it off my parents for a month. And it's a cool spot for people to stay. (laughs) You're telling me I freaking love my studio so much. So like, that's, that's like a, a major hesitation. Um, I think one that I never really 
thought about because the idea of living abroad was so fun. Um, it actually happened when I was in Italy. It's just like missing out on major life events. Um, when I was in Italy, I really don't like I, it's me, myself and I only had to focus on myself. Unfortunately, my parents had to put down my dog whenever I was living in Italy. And so just like not being able to like say, I, I said goodbye to her, like via FaceTime. So like, I'm so thankful for technology, but like, that just sucked. It sucked. And like, you know, I think there's, it, it's different depending on where you go. Like Italy's obviously really far getting, flying back to the U.S. is a little bit more pricey, much longer. Like Mexico City's an hour and 50 minute flight. From Texas. From Texas, from Houston. Yeah, it's a little bit longer for you. <laughs> but if something were to happen, like if I was in a place like Mexico City, it would be easier to get home to. And then my brother and sister-in-law had a baby back in December and I just, I freaking adore her and missing out on milestones for her, like just tugs at my heart. But I mean, again, thankful for technology. I talk to my brother and sister-in-law pretty frequently. They send videos of Bonnie all the time. And so it's, it's hard because it's like, I don't want to miss out on those things. And this is my one and only life. And I like have to prioritize myself as a fellow auntie. I get all of that to my, my nephew, Oliver Graham. So I already live away from Mm -hmm. my family. And I think that you just have to be in the mindset of quality over quantity, Mm -hmm. but, and and I'm sure your sister-in-law and brother would say this to you too, of like, don't hold back for us. Yeah. Like we don't want that for you. Bonnie doesn't want that for you. She doesn't even have a fully developed brain and she doesn't (laughs) want that for you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, one thing is I I talked to my sister-in-law a lot about like what it would be like to just like move abroad, like my brother's sister-in-law, niece, me, any family, any other family that wants to come because she has a side hustle that she's, you know, gearing up. And I feel like even if I ended up somewhere cool, like if I was there for long enough, like once they're comfortable traveling with Bonnie, like they'd come visit. That'd be even better. <laughs> it would be even better. Bonnie abroad. Bonnie could be abroad. Her own Instagram. Yes. Oh my God. It'd be so cute. And then, <laughs> uh, and then I feel like that would be like those perfect like memories of like, oh, this is my aunt. Like when I, I just imagine when she's like in college and be like, oh yeah, like my aunt Momo would take me like Momo. abroad all the time. <laughs> like what a dream life. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I love the idea of being a nomad. It's been like stirring in my head for so long now. And I do have some experience with it. I was going to say, you're not giving yourself credit because you have done, done it. it. Yes. And like, we are literally here. In we are literally now. digital nomads right now. Yeah. I was going to say, what even does it mean to like, you don't have to be traveling every single week or month to be a digital nomad. Like right. you are a digital nomad. I am. You have a home base. I am. I just, it's, it's not quite where I want it to be, but it can also be like ever changing and evolving and that's okay too. Yeah. I mean, that's like a metaphor for business too, right? <laughs> not being, not being where you want to be. It's always evolving and changing and you're working towards the life you want. Yeah. So, um, I mean, everyone's experience and desire for digital nomadism, digital nomadism is different. I mean, like, look at us, like we both love the idea of it and it still looks so different. There's definitely not, um, a one size fits all, but I don't know. I think it could speak for both of us that after being here for a little bit, like we've allowed ourselves to rest. We've still been working. We've been intentional. We've been working on the business, getting to zoom out a little bit. Uh, and like, I just, I feel like at the end of the, our time here, like I'll be ready to go home and like know that my business will be even more supported with systems in place. That's going to make my life easier. And I assume like, it seems like you're in that 
track as well. Absolutely. I love that you mentioned we got to rest and everything too. We've done a lot of work and we will continue to work, but Mm -hmm. we also have watched movies. We've taken naps. We haven't set an alarm once. Okay. No, I set, I set alarms. You wake up, you wake up before my alarm goes off. So (laughs) I naturally wake up early, but I'm usually an early riser as well. But I think I was so like tired from the events leading up to this trip that Mm -hmm. I'm, my body's like sleep until eight every single fucking day. And it's great. It's great. We sleep into eight. And then like this morning we went and like read books at a coffee shop and it was, there was like no, no rush. It was lovely. It was so lovely. lovely. But we've loved our experience here so much. We've had so such, so many people reach out to us saying like, Oh my God, that's so fucking cool. Like we want to do that too. So we'll leave you with this. Be on the lookout. We are hoping to plan what we're going to call visionary vacations. Visionary vacations for our community, for people who are wanting to like take a week still work, but work on their business, not in their business from a new place, get out of the day to day. There's so much power in like leaving your area and getting out and and being somewhere where like, you can't stay in like the monotonous routine. Yes. Think retreat style. This is probably going to be a 2023 thing for us. So we're just going to plant the seed Set it out into the universe. Be thinking about it. Start saving if that's something you need to do because we are so excited to be able to host something like this for our community and you're obviously invited. Yay. Cheers to being digital nomads. Thanks for listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators pod. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to our podcast to add us to your queue every week. Please leave us a rating and review just like Jasmine did and share with a friend to help us reach more weight inclusive business owners who could use support and pep talks. We'll see you next week. Bye.